You're listening to the Girls on the Grid podcast with Tanaya and Priya. Welcome to episode 36 of the Girls on the Grid podcast. My name is Tanaya McLeod and this week it is Repco Bathurst 1000 week. It's currently Sunday. It is race day and I thought for this episode we would do something different. What I'm going to do this week is I'm going to grab a handheld microphone and I'm going to go walking up and down pit lane. I'm going to go into the paddock. I'm going to go over to the activations area and I'm going to find some lovely women who are bringing the Bathurst, the babes that are bringing the Bathurst. And we're going to have a chat to a couple of those women who make this incredible event happen. Now, Bathurst week for me started last Sunday when I arrived in Bathurst and it has been fully intense. It's been obviously so wet and the rain has been endless. I mean, I was just drenched head to toe for a couple of days. I don't think I got dry once, but that's just about this. You never know what will come of it. The race is happening right now. Obviously, when you guys listen to this, you know exactly what happened. But for right now, I'm going to go and spend some time chatting to some babes who bring the Bathurst here at Bathurst during our biggest race of the year, the Repco Bathurst 1000. All right, so I found Ainsley McCormick and she is one of the best social media PR reps getting around the paddock. She's a chick and she is repping it for the girls here at Bathurst this weekend. Now, Ainsley, give us a little bit of an insight about what you do at the Repco Bathurst 1000 weekend. Well, first, thanks for the um, rating, the pump up. That was good. Um, at Supercars, I do all the social media for Rebel Ampol Racing. So I take care of the team channels. We've got Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. We're on Be Real this weekend. Um, the team's got a really good uh, media and PR person. He does the press releases, but we built the team's website. So kind of a collab effort with AAA. But yeah, we're, we're on board to do content over race weekends and throughout the season, like in between races, everything. So the focus from your perspective is just to cover the race and work with the team and work with Mitch from from Triple Eight, what's it like to prepare for this event that's different to other events? Yeah, for this one, it's just, you know, there's not even just that this, the race is so much more popular, but it's also that there's a lot more sessions. So a really important thing for me is obviously because we're here for four days, but then there's the two weeks beforehand, everyone's talking about it the week after. We don't want our content to get stale. Like we don't want to be pumping out the same thing every day, just car pictures being like oh we came fourth in practice so it's to be really creative at Bathurst because it is such a big round and yeah because I guess the focus is kind of on the team at the moment leading the championship so yeah we've got a few favorites so it's all eyes on the channel so we want to make sure it's performing the best. And give us a little tip how do you work out what does perform the best did you just try new things especially at this weekend so many eyes are on supercars, you know, it's it's the race that stops the nation, they say, apparently that's like the Melbourne Cup, but yeah. I'm just going to say it's the Bathurst yeah, 1000. Yeah. Well, I always got to put that in my post and I'm like, everyone's going to say it's the horse racing instead. It's definitely the car racing. Yeah. But how do you, you know, continue to diversify? How, what do you look at differently to, you know, race cars, they do the same thing all the yeah. time. So you... How do you diversify and keep it relevant? Yeah, um, I guess when I started, I really looked at what F1 was doing. And to be honest, like there's no way we can come close to that just with the budgets of what we've got here. Like we can't have 
15 people at a race weekend. We kind of have a videographer, our own photographer, like a content person for each team, even like the AFL, it's just not possible. So I would like to look up to something like that. But to be honest, what I do is I'm a bit of a fiend for socials myself. Like I'm not a big poster, but I'll just scroll and scroll and scroll whenever I get the chance and get like a lot of inspo from other brands, other sports teams, and just even other, I guess, I don't want to say influencers, like model influencers, but like people in the influencing space overseas and what they're doing with content and to see how it works I think there's been a big shift in I'd say probably the last 12 months so I'm trying to go trying to follow that and all these new platforms like yeah. I'm just too old for TikTok I yeah. think I love it I like sitting on it every night like my screen time's so bad and it's not even on the team accounts or our driver's accounts it's on my personal one and I'm just going through and then you know you have like a creative thought and you're like oh I could totally do that with the race team like make it our own so yeah, it's a lot of like diversifying, not just trying to put the channels in a box of, hey, like we race cars and that's it. Like we've got funny crew, funny drivers, like there's heaps of stuff there that's probably not on the broadcast that we like to show as well. And what I think Red Bull Empire Racing do really well is bring the personality to the yeah. drivers. Like they're more than just race car drivers. Yeah, definitely. Like in even the team, like, you know, you see them. I guess even for me for drivers because before I was with Red Bull I didn't really have much experience with any of the drivers there and then as you get to meet them and even the team members it's just you know they all have these little personality traits and yeah you can really once you know them it's so much easier to use like use it to your benefit for the social channels and stuff and it just helps like people who are following you who would be fans they get to know them as well so it just works out really well for us. Tell us a little bit how you got started in this industry. It's not something that advertisers, girls wanted to work in motorsport. Yeah. It's not a, you know, there's no big billboards that say, come and work with us. How did you get started in, you know, this man's world, but yeah. we're, make, we're making it a woman's yeah. world, you know? I don't want, I feel like I sound like a nepotism baby or something. But no, my dad used to work at Orcon Steel back when Chazzy first started. Chaz and Frosty were at, um, well, I guess it was FPR then. So dad's kind of like thrown me under the bus to the media guy that was there at the time and was like, oh, my daughter's studying like marketing at uni. Like she should come and like do work experience if you ever need like help for the weekend or whatever. And dad's been like, yeah, I've put your name in. I'm like, dad, I don't want to work there. Like, are you kidding? Like, I have no interest in cars. Like, I grew up playing basketball in AFL. So I'm like, not interested, dad. Like, what are you doing? He's like, no, nah, I've already said you're going to do it. So I went along to QR and I helped out with FPR for the weekend. Like, was really lucky. Um, Tim Edwards let me, like, wander around like a little lost puppy. But I met Chaz and my now boss, um, Maddie McAlpine. He was helping Chaz out with content. And Dave Ellis was managing them. So that was like seven years ago. And I just, I know, I feel so old. So I just met Maddie and I was like, your job's actually really sick after watching him for a few days. And then he was kind of saying like that we're starting to get more clients, like we need more content creation. And I was still at uni for another two years. I was doing IT and multimedia. So I was doing a double. So I was quite busy, but I just did a lot of subcontracting for Maddie, like started doing PR and socials. And then eventually... Yeah, got approached by, Maddie. got approached by Charlie to take over Team 18 when he first started or build the channels. So I did that for three years and then they wanted someone local in Melbourne. So unfortunately, I'm a Goldie girl. So um, we ended up with Red Bull Ampole because we had a clear schedule. So it worked out really well. So yeah, we've got a few clients now. So yeah, just keeping busy. And Alpine Group, which is who you work for, have been very you know instr instrumental in building the brand of Chaz Mostert, who yeah. has one of the most, you know, 
well-known, recognised brands here in supercars. You started with him, obviously, yeah. back when he was pretty young and, yeah, and yeah. pretty young and pretty silly. And yeah. now he's got a, you know, a very big brand. Talk us a little bit about that relationship. Yeah, like and Chaz is like family for us, you know, like Dave's been with him since um, he was in like, yeah, carts pretty much. So the whole time Dave's done his management, we've just helped with his content, like his website, his personal press releases, like Dave does all these partnerships. So it's kind of a mixed bag, but it were kind of like full service agency. So there's heaps of stuff we do there, but yeah, we've we've taken care of Chaz for a long time. We've been with Toby Price for about eight or nine years as well, doing his full service. Um, yeah, team channels. We take care of Jack Miller's channels, uh, Team Miller merchandising. So there's heaps, like heaps of stuff we do in motorsport. So don't want to say we're like a motorsport agency, but I guess that's kind of where we are now. Yeah, awesome. All right, Ainsley, thanks so much for your time. And I really hope that you'll come and join us for a full episode one day soon. Yeah, when you're in Goldie, <laughs> sit down, not stand in a dodgy bin room. At the... We're definitely standing in a dodgy <laughs> bin room at the Bathurst 1000. All right, thanks, guys. All right, so I've gone for a wander down pit lane and I've stumbled into Irwin Racing Garage, the Team 18 Garage, and I found Sarah Paul. Now, Sarah is the Sponsorship and Operations Manager here at Team 18. And she's going to join me for a little bit of chat about the Repco Bathurst 1000. And we're halfway through the race. Now, when you guys listen to this, obviously, you'll know who wins and stuff. But right now, we don't. So how's your day been so far? How's your Bathurst been so far? Yeah, it's been it's been a busy one, that's for sure. It's one of the biggest events on our calendar, obviously. And, um, yeah, it's a flat-out day. So many sponsors. We've got 75, 80 people up in the suite um, and they're getting all through the garage and we've got a, a bunch of GAs and all of our sponsors come along to this one. So it's definitely the biggest pit tours everywhere and, um, and just trying to, at the moment, with the race, just trying to keep the car on the track and um, had a bit of drama so far. So <laughs> just trying to make sure we get through it. So And yeah, and you're running two cars. So the operation side of things, not only the sponsorship side so intense with the corporate suites and this being such a big event, but the operation side must be pretty intense as well. Tell us what the lead up to a week like this is like for you back in Melbourne and then once you get to the track. Yeah, so we've got 25, 30 people that travel with the team. So it's it's just a lot of coordinating, make sure we get all the accommodation right, flights if there is, cars, how are we going to get to the track, passes, um, making sure everyone kind of gets to the track as well because you've got cars changing around once you get here. Uh, and then scheduling as well. So we've got a 40-page schedule that gets put together and out to everyone in the team to make sure that everyone is where they need to be at each time throughout the event. Um, so, yeah, it's a pretty busy time in the lead-up, just planning and confirming all that. And then once you get here, you've, you know, the drivers have the most amount of appearances and commitments that they have at any other event. What's it like? To, you know, you have to pretty much herd sheep to get them. You've got four drivers instead of two and, you know, just... Drivers aren't easy to work with. They're not easy. They they just disappear or they're just... Seriously, you stand there and you're like, okay, appearance, and then they're gone. And you're like, okay, no worries. It's like it's literally like herding yeah. sheep. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's, we're lucky we've got who we've got, you know. Um, Frosty and Scott, they both know the drill. And uh, and Crusoe and Tyler are awesome. They're, they're, they're keen to go to the mall. And, yeah, we've got the sweet appearances. We've got supercar signing sessions, merchandise. We've got activations with Irwin. Um, and, uh, and yeah, a big presence from Alspec as well. But yes, the drivers, herding them to all the appearances, it's a bit of a team effort. Um, we've put the, my PR manager as well, we both uh, work together and, and make sure that we get them all to where they need to be in the buggy and we, we zip around and um, yeah, it's, it's a busy job, but um, yeah, it's all good fun. 
So how did you get started? I remember when you joined Team 18, I was working very closely with Mark Winterbottom, but how did you get started into this crazy world that we all say that we love? Yeah. Um, so Charlie Tureko was actually looking for a his PA um, and someone who could uh, help out with the race team as well, and this was when he was uh, a one-car team, so back in 2019. Um, so yeah, I, I sort of started off as, as doing a bit of his EA work and um, so a bit of stuff for his Waverley Forklifts business and the race team, sort of booking the travel and everything for them. And then in 2020, it's expanded to that two-car team and it really kind of blew up in terms of sponsorship role and operations and it needed that uh, dedicated person to kind of run that. So I've gone into that role and then um, Carly Tester, who is his wonderful EA, she's come in and, and uh, come back into that role there and, and yeah, she's also run into our, our corporate hospitality, but I focus solely now on that corporate um, hospitality, uh, sorry, sponsorship and, and operations. So, yep. And, okay, what happens in the race today? You know, everyone knows, everyone who's listening to this right now knows. What do you think happens? Obviously, Mark and Scott didn't have the best start. We're about halfway through the race at the time of recording. I've actually pulled Sarah out of the garage. I was like, come and talk to me on the podcast. I'm just, I'm winging this and I'm just talking to the babes who bring the Bathurst and you are one of them. So what, do you, what happens from here? What, you know? Okay, I'm going to say... Oh dear, this is tricky because <laughs> everyone's going to know what happens. I'm look. I'm hoping we get a podium. If we, if we get a third place, one of our cars, um, that would we'd be wrapped with that. So hopefully Frosty is is up on that on that uh, third step at least. But we'll, we'll see how we go. Even uh, Tyler and Scotty look that they're, they're getting along all right. So we'll see. We'll just have to see how it goes. I'm, I'm going to guess a podium, a podium in there. This race is. It's not about how fast you are. It's not about how you qualify. It's about staying on the track. And we've seen today, you run off once as a safety car because obviously with the rainfall we've had this week, you run off and you're bogged. And then safety car, you're lapped down and it's so intense. The pressure for this race, the Repco Bass 1000, doesn't just lie on the drivers. It runs through the whole team. How do you guys manage that? Obviously, like we're in the thick of it right now, but the build-up is so big. Like I was speaking to Tommy Randall before and he's like, you know, we do six practice sessions, we qualify for an hour, we, you know, if you make it the top 10 shootout, and we were out within the first 30 seconds. Like, just that level of build-up and that heartbreak, this place bites. So how do you sort of temper that across the week throughout all your team and throughout all your members? We've had a couple of tough bathursts the, la the last year we did at least. Um, so we've definitely felt the heartache that, that, that it brings. Um, I guess... We've had many meetings, team meetings and everything, and it gets pumped to everyone. We're not giving up. Uh, if, if we run off, well, we're going to go try and get straight back on and, and fix where we can and repair. Uh, and that's just what we've done with Frosty, for instance, and, and Caruso. So um, we're just trying to keep the cars on the track and the drivers are doing the same thing. And, uh, and hopefully we, we just push on through and keep out of trouble and have a really clean a clean race with good strategy and we come out on top. So we'll see how we go. All right. Thanks so much for your time, Sarah, on the Girls on the Grid podcast. Thank you. All right. I've got a two-for-one combo here once I walked into the Walkinshaw Andretti United garage. I found regular Potter, my co-host Priya Richards, who's just dogged it. Kidding. And I found Nicole Bryant, who is the physio here at Walkinshaw Andretti United. Talk to me about the Repco Bathurst 1000. And Nicole's a bit on edge, I can tell, because I think her drivers, her cars are just about to come into the pit lane and we're getting moved out of the way. But Nicole, talk to me about this race. Why is it the spectacle that it is, especially from your role, I guess? Well, I guess just a lot going on. 
so there's lots of uh, pit stops, lot, uh, really physical pit stops with their tyres and rotor changes and then of course you know if you have a car in the fence then the crew have got to fix it so it's physical for them. It's so long so you know make sure everyone's fed and hydrated um, and yeah it's just yeah it's a long race and you've got to think on your toes constantly. And especially with the length of the race the drivers well-being and like their muscles and you know, how they're feeling is such a big thing when it comes to getting in the car for a big stint. How do you sort of manage that throughout the, you know, six, seven hour race? Well, I guess you, you start off with, you know them really well. So you know you know their bodies, you know where, where they have, you know, their little weaknesses and you know in terms of nutrition, hydration, what they usually need. So you go on the framework of what you know they usually need and then you reassess it as you go. So. You know, at the moment, um, Chaz is in the car and he's been feeling really good. Um, he's in a really good place. So um, we were talking about maybe having some gels towards the end of the race. So we've got kind of got them on standby. But um, otherwise, treatment-wise, his, his body's felt good throughout the race. So we haven't really needed to do anything um, too much yet. So in a, in a race like this, if, you know, a driver was in there and would come up with a niggle or something like that, they put the co-driver in, has a stint out... Would you go and treat them, and or how do you manage that? Yeah, for sure. Some, sometimes you would. It just depends. Depends about it. Is I guess you know, uh, thinking back to 2017 when uh, Dave and Luke Yulden uh, were um, winners. Uh, Luke had had a fair bit of hip pain throughout the race, and yeah, and we I treated him a lot. So every stint he came out, did some massage, did some dry needling, just kept his hip as loose as possible. Um, but our guys today, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Chaz is pretty good, so Chaz generally when he's feeling pretty good, we tend to just not not touch him. So yeah, we'll, it, it'll only be if he sort of starts to get really sore and really tight, and then we'll have a chat about whether we will do something or not. Yeah, perfect. All right, Nicole, thank you for your time on the podcast. You're a previous guest, so if you want to go back and listen to that episode, go for it. But Nicole, we'll let you go back and be on standby for this next round of pit stops. Cool. Thanks for having me. Great job, girls. See ya. Okay, Priya Richards. Good to see you. I've missed you. Welcome to the podcast for the first time ever. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. Good to be here as a guest for the first time. How does it feel to make your debut? You've never been here before. You're a fan of the podcast though, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I've heard a few things about it actually. Yeah, I've, I've heard it's all right. So yeah, thanks for um, thanks for thinking of me and bringing me on. You are a babe who brings the bathurst, you know. You're, you're a babe and you're here bringing the bathurst. So how's your day slash week slash the last month of preparation been? Yeah, it's the lead up is always huge um, with Bathurst. Usually we have a lot of content to roll out. Um, but the good thing with Bathurst is because it's such a big event, everything's quite spread out. Yeah, in in this circumstance, working for a team, it's good. It's, it's nice having the one focus. Um, back in the day when I used to manage multiple categories at once. When she used to work with me and I overloaded her schedule like a nutcase. Actually, I've told a few people this as well. I, I have no recollection of 2021 Bathurst because I was so busy. I couldn't even tell you what I did. But um, yeah, no, it's actually been quite uh, consistent and smooth and enjoyable. Um, but because it is such a big event, there's it's always that little bit more intense. You're always wanting to kind of be a little bit more with it and aware of what's going on um, you know obviously with with our job we want to keep out of the way um, but especially for this one like even today every time the boys jump up I just kind of shove myself in a corner and get the camera out and yeah see what I can do but yeah it's been very enjoyable so far obviously a huge event 
for your team more so than usual. Welcome to Andretti United. They have Zach Brown in the house, who is the co-owner or owner of the Andretti side of the business, uh, also linked up with the McLaren F1 team. So there's a bit of hype around the garage. Lots of people trying to get uh, a little bit of Zach Brown in their life. There's actually a country music singer called Zach Brown too, so it confuses me every time. But I'm talking about the Zach Brown, the guy, the F1 guy. What's it like to have someone of his sort of prestige and everyone's like, oh my God, F1 is, is sort of here. What's it like to have him just, you know, sit next to you? Yeah, no, it's really cool. And I think, kind of, you know, because he's such a big name, everyone's very, very like careful making sure he's happy. But yeah, no, it's been good to have him around. And I'm going to make some videos with him. But uh, yeah, I think some F1 commitments came up for him. So it's been a little bit hard to pull him aside. But yeah, really cool actually having him around. And also WAU defending Bathurst champions. A lot of pressure on you guys to to back to back it this year. Yeah, of course. But um, I found the team. They've been quite chilled going into it. I think that's the best way to be in my experience, even with dad running back in the day. Every year we did well. You always go into it nice and relaxed. And yeah, the team seemed to be really organised and prepared. So yeah, um, at this stage, a little bit of bad luck with Nick, but um, yeah, both cars are strong, um, especially Chaz at the moment. So yeah, looking good and I'm excited to see the end result. So I'm going to go for a wander of the paddock. Who do I talk to? Who are some other babes who are bringing the Bathurst? Uh, plenty of babes around. Who have we got? No, I, I know a babe. My mum is up on Seaton Avenue in the mud. That's, a, that, that's a long walk. Yeah, she's probably very happy to be packing up actually. But um, yeah, if you want to go talk to a babe, go talk to mum. I might just ask her if she can come down and meet me because I've already done 17,000 steps today. But other than that... <laughs> All right, Priya. Thanks for being a guest. I'm going to go and finish the rest of the podcast by myself. All right, no worries. Thanks for the thanks for the feature. Hopefully I come and talk to you at the end of this episode and you guys are like race winners or something. That would be amazing. But if we're race winners, I'll definitely be out partying with the team and probably not doing the podcast. Sorry, guys. But I'm going to party with you later tonight. Thanks for your time on the podcast, Priya Richards. All right, so I've wandered a little bit further down the lane and I've ended up in the Red Bull Ampole Racing Garage and I found Sharice Bristow, who's a previous guest, and she was just, you know, not very busy. She was just standing there doing not a whole lot in the garage. So I was like, Sharice, come and pod with me. Sharice, tell me about your Bathurst week so far. Uh, my Bathurst week so far has actually been not so bad. Uh, I actually do a lot of my work before we get to Bathurst. So uh, for this round, we have six cars here, including Gen 3, um, and so almost 60 travelling crew. So for me, it's been a big four or five weeks before Bathurst to get everybody here. And what do you do on, like, race day? When I wandered in, you weren't doing much, so come on, you got to justify. What are you, what are you doing here? Being a race fan, mate. <laughs> no, actually, we've done a lot of um, a lot of our work before the race day, obviously. So we have um, a lot of drivers here, obviously, this weekend with three cars in the main game and two in Super 2. So uh, we've done a lot of driver appearances, a lot of um, corporate visits, a lot of pit tours, a lot of things like that. So I'm basically helping the commercial crew this weekend to deliver on all of that sort of stuff. And now that it's race day, you kind of get to relax and just watch it all unfold. 
Yeah, so a little bit of relaxing, a little bit of um, feeding everybody. So um, because we have so many travelling this weekend, where I would normally help with catering, we've actually brought a chef down. So I'm just helping with them fill up snacks, um, make sure everybody's fed, deliver food. We basically just keep bringing out food for the entire race because the boys just... Um, don't have time to really sit and have lunch, so they we just bring things out continually through the race, basically. So just helping the guys with that. And now I'm not going to commentate a curse it, but you guys have been, you know, the the, the guys on top. Um, I don't think my my jinxing wouldn't even mean anything. It's just an insignificant jinxing. And if it's not, I'm really, really sorry because you guys are listening to this podcast on Monday. But you know, Shane and Garth. What you know, the combo, the the speed, the the changing conditions. You never know with this place, and I'm not going to jinx it. I'm saying right now, I'm not going to jinx. It. I'm even crossing my fingers. I'm not going to jinx it. And you guys will know when you listen to this episode on Monday. But it's been a good run so far. You're relatively trouble free. What's the vibe like in the garage? I think everybody's of a similar vibe. We just don't talk about it. We we don't want to jinx it. We don't want to talk about it. At the moment, it's looking pretty good, and it's looking pretty good for all three of our cars. Fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, as you've seen, it's been a it's been a difficult weekend. We didn't you know quali that well, and we've had a few ups and downs and things like that. But we've been lucky. The cars are all in one piece at the moment. Jade have missed a few really close ones at the start of the race today, and so we've been lucky enough to pull through that. So I don't know. We just we just don't talk about it. <laughs> I'm kind of convinced, based off re- recent events, that the mountain listens. Like, it listens to us. I don't know, that's superstitious or whatever crazy mumbo-jumbo that is. But I think it does. I think it listens to someone being, like, getting a bit too confident that they're going to win. And it's like, huh, suck it, and you're in the wall. So um, I can tell how uncomfortable I'm making Sharice by, by talking about it. Because she says we don't talk about it. So we won't talk about it. What's next? Prep for Gold Coast. Shane's got a great championship lead. You know, couple of rounds to go. You're, you kind of do the pre-event stuff, but what's the pre-event stuff look like um, after we leave the mountain and after we party tonight? <laughs> after I get over my raging hangover tomorrow morning, um, I'll have a day off and uh, then we'll start again on Wednesday with, yeah, Gold Coast prep. Also, we've got outside of supercars, we're going to the Bend for GT um, and we've got a bunch of other things on as well. So, yeah, I'm full on into to prep mode for all those events as as we go sort of towards the end of the year. We're also prepping for Adelaide already. It's going to be a big one for us. We've got three teams in with supercars, GT and Super 2. So um, just heaps going on really, just, yeah, leading into the end of the year. Amazing. Well, I will let you go back into the garage in case something, in the case the mountains listened. I hope not. But, uh, yeah, thanks for your time on the podcast, Cherise. Thank you, mate, and happy Bathurst Day. All right, and I found Amy from Supercars, who is a partnerships manager. Now, tell me what the Bathurst 1000 week looks like for you. We'll talk about the race day in a second, but what about the build-up, the preparation? It's our biggest race. It's the race that international tune into, you know. Supercars is, you know, like you have your Le Mans and you have all that stuff, but Supercars is that. It's This is our weekend for all that. What's it like from your role and your perspective? Well, obviously the prep for the Repco Bathurst 1000 starts months in advance for us. You know, it's um, it's our, our marquee event. Um, so, you know, we're working on this event throughout the entire year. Um, and then as we get to race week, we're here from Tuesday. Uh, the setup begins for us Tuesday, Wednesday, and then, it, you know, the event kicks off on Thursday. And we have a lot of partners come out to this event that fly in from interstate and drive up from Sydney. 
stay in houses for the week. Um, so for us, it's a really, really massive, massive event. It obviously culminates in a big race on, on Sunday that we're currently uh, in the middle of as we speak. Um, but yeah, for us, Bathurst is obviously the big marquee. And after the last couple of years with being COVID affected and even last year, still some restrictions in place. It's nice to see um, Bathurst back to its full, full big Bathurst, uh, you know, even though some rain has uh, affected that. But um, we've got the sun shining today and, you know, it's been a great day for everyone out here and, and us as a team. So I spoke to you earlier when I was trying to chase you down to do this podcast and you're like, oh, I'm just moving trophies into the into the trophy room. Like, no worries. I'm just, just carrying the Peter Brock trophy. So obviously you do more than just the yeah. partnership. You said before that you work with closely with Red Bull, but what's your day, your Sunday, Bathurst day, What's that entail, top to tail? Give me, give me a rundown. Yeah, so, you know, for us as, as a team, we obviously have our partners here, but we're much more than sort of just managing partners. We've got, um, we've got lots of operational stuff that we look after. So from a Sunday morning for us, we get here, we've got the grid walk that we manage um, along with our events team and a, and a lot of other people in the business. Um, and then we've got tours. We host partner tours throughout the day. And then as we get closer to the end of the race, which we are, we are nearing, we then uh, help run the, the podium. Um, my role in particular is to run the podium um, with Barrettes, who will be doing the broadcast. Um, we get all our presenters up here who come from government, from um, Repco. Uh, we've got BP this afternoon. So, um, yeah, all the drivers will come up in here, make sure everything's ready, the champagne, the trophies. Um, and yeah, the, the fun at the end of the day, but it's stressful, you know, it's, um, it keeps you on your toes. There's lots happening. There's a lot of people in that tiny little room. Uh, I think everyone would be a bit surprised how small that room, that room is before you go out onto the podium, but it's exciting. It's, um, fun to see the drivers after a race, particularly after a day like today, however many hours they've been in the car, um, you know, and, and get up on the podium. So yeah, it's exciting. It's a fun part of the, fun part of the job, but certainly yeah, it keeps us on, a to- us on our toes and, uh, what's happening throughout the day. And just an inside goss for anyone, that little small room, I'll put an Instagram story up on the Girls on the Grid podcast, it's tiny, but normally that's where they hide all the snacks for the media centre because it's just back, it backs off the media centre room here at Bathurst and you normally walk in there, if you're walking out to the podium, you know, sneaky photo, I took my dad out there for a photo earlier in the week and it's just like chips and chocolate and lollies and coke and you're like, ah, oh. <laughs> but yeah, so it's actually a very small room. Room and um, now it's full of trophies and champagne. Where's um, all the chocolate gone? Well, I think it's been eaten over the last few days. <laughs> mostly, mostly by me. Mostly my diet this weekend has my diet this weekend's consisted of yeah. chips and chocolate. Yeah. But it's exciting, you know. Even us being able to take partners out onto the tr- the podium, you, I guess you probably take for granted how special that is for people. For us, it's normal. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I just walk out there and like I watch the start of the race from out there. Yeah. I'm like, you know, meh. Yeah. Whereas you know our partners, every time you go out there. The fact that they can jump up on the podium, take a photo, even if it's not with the real trophy, they're still up there. They've got their, their whole crew out there and they love it. And, you know, it's kind of nice to do those things where you say, oh, you know, this actually means something to, to people when we are just in the, you know, the... Just going, going through the motions, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah no, it's, it's, a, it's, a fun, it's a fun day for us. And as I said, so glad to see some sun and see people out and about because it's been a wet and wild past few days there is a lot of mud around this track but um yeah it's exciting to see full grandstands full hills it's um yeah it's been good
so special to have it back. All right, Amy, thank you for your time. I'll let you get back to doing all your, you know, not important jobs like running the Bathurst 1000, like running the Repco Bathurst 1000 podium. But thank you for your time on the Girls on the Grid podcast. Thank you. Enjoy your Arvo. All right, so I've gone for another wander outside of pit lane and I'm now sitting in the Repco garage as a safety car has just fallen in the race and everyone's going crazy. But I've found Hayley Monteith, who is the national sponsorship and activation manager at Repco. Now, Repco is a huge supporter of Australian motorsport, not only with the Repco Supercars Championship, but also with the event that we're at right now, the Repco Bathurst 1000. Now, Hayley is kind of the the thing that everything else revolves around at Repco and it puts a lot of pieces together. So for a chat, as a babe who brings the Bathurst, I just thought I'd grab Hayley. Now, Hayley, tell me about this event. Look, this event is, it's just incredible. This is our second year at Bathurst and we really wanted to highlight the importance of the fans and the fan experience and and we really have this year i think just from our retail activation all the way through to the way in which we engage with not only the fans that are in harris park and they're diehard fans yeah i mean it's been pouring rain it's been torrential conditions and they're still flocked to the, the track in in droves um, right up to the mountain where people have been camping out for days. It's just such an incredible atmosphere. Now, this guy is not a babe. He's a dude, but he does bring the bathers. And if anyone brings a bathers, it's Gary Reed. Now, as a special cameo, you will be the only the second man we've ever spoken to on this podcast. Oh, we're doing podcast. We're doing girls on the grid podcast. I didn't even realise I'm not a girl. Okay. You're not a girl, but you do bring the Bathurst, and this episode is all about the babes who bring the Bathurst. So we'll pretend you're a babe for a moment this week. Tell us a little bit about it from a Repco perspective. How insane. Well, first of all, I'd like to say um, good work to all the babes from Bathurst. Um, girls, not, on the- not babes from Bathurst, the babes who bring the Bathurst. Oh, well, that's what I meant, the babes at Bathurst. What I'm talking about is all the females that are involved in activation, sponsorship, and uh, in team world as well, every round you go to, there seems to be more and more women involved, which I know this pod- podcast talks about a lot, which is awesome to see. Um, there's a lot more girls on a lot more supercar teams, a lot more brand, um, you know, managers for, for big brands and, and even just the, the amount of women involved with the Repco bringing the Bathurst campaign. Haley, Priscilla, Megan, um, Chloe, there's a bunch of them, obviously, from the top down with Amy. It's awesome to see. And... Um, you know, we, I brought the Bathurst on the front, I guess, with um, with a couple of TV ads, but these guys behind the scenes and on the ground this weekend has been absolutely phenomenal. We've got a step count. Haley's done about 24,000 steps a day, more than me. So um, these girls are definitely bringing the Bathurst. And from a Repco point of view, this year was, was the biggest the biggest we've been around. Um, when I say we, us from Showtime, it was a huge weekend. And uh, you can probably tell by the voice, it's... We should have done this on Thursday, not Sunday afternoon. But um, yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's been awesome, and uh, credit to all the women in the sport. I'd uh, really like to pay homage to those guys. And uh, Haley, you absolutely killed it. Well, thanks for that little cameo, yeah. Gary. Okay. And if you don't know who Gary is, the voice to the face is he is the face of the Bringing the Bathurst campaign. So it's only right that we uh, let him be our second male voice on this podcast since we started. Do you feel honoured? I am very proud to be the second male on the uh, on the podcast, so uh, thank you very much. But I was literally just walking past 
and didn't even realise what you guys were do doing. So I actually thought that Haley was actually just pretending to be a sports commentator and talking to microphone in a bar. I don't, I don't know why you're doing a podcast in a bar, but that's up to you guys. So uh, I'm going to bail now, but uh, thank you very much and uh, enjoy the rest of the podcast. All right. Back to regularly scheduled programming. Haley, you were saying... I don't know if I can uh, if I can compete with uh, with Gary. Um, yeah, look, what I was saying was we. I mean, we're just we're just so, so thrilled. You know, this this um, this event is is insane, and Gary summed it up perfectly. If you look around at um, at Teamland and 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 all the different corporates and the sponsors and everyone that's here, there are so many more women now coming into the sport and it's fantastic to see and it's been just such an incredible weekend today. And talk to us a little bit about what the build up to an event like this is. I think in my calendar, so obviously we work really closely together at Repco, we uh, WhatsApp message each other like every day about just all of these crazy ideas and things and I've got video ideas and graphics and just crazy things running through my head and then haley has got crazy things running through her head and we just, we just you know, just it's it's so hard to put into words what this event is, and we just had a like a team meeting then with with the whole crew that works very close with Repco, and it's just the fact that we're here now is is so cool. You know, there's what 40 laps of the great race remaining as of the time we we're recording this, and it just means so much to be able to you know sit with someone who I work so closely with at the end of. I mean, I'm actually keeping her from going to get a celebratory drink. So I do apologise for that, but I mean, I've got to go and finish my work and finish this podcast and finish editing a really cool video. But Hayley, talk to me about the lead up to this event. It is the race that stops a nation. If we don't talk about horse racing, this is the race that stops a nation. Talk to me about that 15 hours of meeting. That's meeting time. Me and you just sat on meetings for 15 hours. I can't even comprehend the amount of preparation that went in from your side. You're right. Uh, today, it's it's a lot of preparation and a lot of meetings. And if I really if I really want to be quite reflective right now and think about the amount of prep it takes to roll into this event, my the simplest answer I have for you is surround yourself with capable people that are absolute experts and professionals in their in their field. Because I I'm not a content professional. I'm not a social media specialist. I I you know I'm definitely not um, doing all the showtime stuff and everything that those guys are doing. I'm not building this garage activation that we're sitting on right now as part of the Repco garage activation that we take to uh, a couple of events throughout the year. And, and so if I didn't have an incredible group and team of experts that knew what they were doing, there's just no way you could pull this type of event together. So... And as we are just doing this podcast, the whole team has rolled up with beers and uh, vodkas. So we're just going to enjoy that. But Hayley, I do have a few more questions for you. <laughs> what has just happened in the last like two minutes? I wish there was video to accompany this podcast because it was a strange last 30 seconds. But from that preparation element, getting here, you guys got here on Tuesday. I mean, we got here on Sunday. Like it's a full week. It is an intense week of work. And it's just, I actually can't put into words. Tell me from, you know, the Repco track side, which has, I don't know, what, 50 to 100 staff and the mountains, 90 staff, 90 staff who run that. 
you obviously oversee all of, it's, it's so hard to comprehend I wish I was better at you know justifying or explaining how this whole show works what about from Bathurst week what happens what has happened for you in the last seven days it's such an interesting question and it's really quite hard to explain to people the amount of just everything that happens um, this week you know event week is is insane you've got to be agile you've got to be ready to just make changes and and run with things and it's it's not it's not for the faint-hearted but I think as I said to you before right like trying to just articulate how this event comes together is almost impossible and all I can put it down to is just being a really good coordinator and trying to communicate properly with everybody and keeping the group together and like I said to you earlier on it's about having a team of really capable people that you can trust I have barely had to come around and check the activations and uh, you know because I know that, that the team is completely entrusted to run the activation on their own and they do it exactly they do it in a really really just the same standard that we would right and we all share the same standards and values and I think that shows in in our output and what we do and I, I just don't think you could pull this event together if you had people that weren't on the same page as you it just wouldn't be possible you mentioned before about us being agile on I think Friday morning no on Saturday morning we had sunrise weekend sunrise roll up to do a a segment they were following around and doing a lot with Repco all morning but we had all this this full like scene set up in the back of the Repco trackside store ready to do to ready to celebrate Anton's 150 race and the next minute James Tobin comes in and says we can't do it inside there's not enough light so then our team has pivoted in about 20 seconds and moved this whole show out the front of the store and that is just the agility that you need like I know that I spent probably two, three, four hours in the lead up to this just planning a schedule. I don't think I've hit that schedule at all. But what I've done is, what I've had to do is, what we've had to do is pivot to make sure that we move on the spot and deliver what's needed, even if it's not in line with the original schedule. Because things just don't go the way you want them to most of the time. Not, not uh, most of the time. This week in particular, I think with the weather conditions and the, the torrential rain that we had, everything got shifted back, everything changed. And again, I think as a, as a team, right, like this doesn't happen without really good leadership and having somebody at the top going, you know what, the objective of this event is to make sure that we're bringing it for the fans, right? It's all about the fans and every single one of us is on the same page. And so regardless of having to change things and move things and be agile and all those buzzwords that people are using, at the end of the day, it's just that, hey, we all share the same objective, we know what we're doing and we just get out and make it happen. And that's exactly how you have a really successful event like we have and don't get me wrong there will be things that we look at that that will change like you just mentioned you had this content schedule like drawn up it was all color coded and we were ready to go and then we get here and we go gosh we didn't deliver on half of that but we delivered above and beyond that and I think when we sit back down and after a few days where we just decompress a little bit after a huge event like this and we get some sleep and all of those great things We'll come back and we'll look at everything that we've done and we'll go, you know what, this worked really well, this work didn't well. And then we're really tweaking the one percenters for next year and we're bringing an even bigger Bathurst event for the fans next year. And that, I think, perfectly sums up this episode on the babes who bring the Bathurst. 
Now, excuse me, if you will, podcasters. I'm going to go and finish my vodka lime soda. I'm going to sit with this awesome Repco crew who have pulled this event together. And I'm going to watch the last 35 laps of this awesome motor race. So thank you for joining me for this wander of the paddock. The race has just gone green and I'm going to wrap this up. And I will talk to you guys next week. Skulls, skulls, skulls. What? Oh, sorry. You've just listened to another Network R production. 